Alrighty. <clears throat> I wanted to do... Hmm. Excuse me for the yawn. It's a perfect uh, way to start this, though, because uh, I tried a few sort of just first runs last night at this podcast thing. Then today I did a more concrete version of part of what I did there and have just published that as a first uh, podcast. So I'm excited. It was fun and easy. So, and thank you, Anchor. Thank you, Michael Moore. Uh, Greatest pitch man uh, you could possibly ask for. Uh, And making great use of this platform. So I hope to as well. And I'm going to try a little short one now. Another audiobook from Book of Samuel. I have, you know... Other things I would like to talk about, but because I've been studying this so intently and it is such remarkable writing that very few people, especially uh, secular uh, or folks raised without any religious environment, may not be aware of this at all, but... uh, I want to introduce you to the wordplay, the uh, weirdness, and the uh, sometimes the comedy uh, from the very uh, relatable, accessible book of Samuel. And uh, the Samuel Saga, I've been rebranding it. Robert Alter's uh, uh, marvelous translation and commentary under the name of the David story is intrinsic to my work on uh, some of the stuff I've been doing, uh, writing fiction around this book and other biblical fiction. But I want to, yeah, I'll figure out the format and be more concrete with this, but I might just shoot this one off if it doesn't go horrendously just as uh, to try another because it's fun and (laughs) I'm starting a podcast because we're in quarantine And I'm just going to have some fun. I hope you do too. Now, this is chapter three of the book, uh, first book of Samuel. And uh, I'm reading this one because it's a great introduction, a bit more to the character of Samuel. Uh, you could read the book, uh, just linearly. I could do a podcast where I did a chapter a day 
and just went in order. But uh, I'm doing more justice to the book in making it relatable and introducing people to the cast uh, in ways that will be accessible. Uh, And of course, uh, bringing in some of Alter's commentary, which is magnificent and makes connections. And in this particular chapter talks about a ridiculously clever bit of wordplay. Frankly, I'm doing this chapter because of the movie Airplane. And the movie Airplane and the fact that Samuel, the prophet Samuel's name literally means God hears uh, or God has heard. Uh, So we're going to just get to Samuel as a boy and the old priest, Eli, uh, who has taken him in and... This is the first time that God talks to Samuel. So, chapter 3. And the lad Samuel was ministering to the Lord in Eli's presence, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not spread about. As it happened, and it happened, on the day that Eli was lying in his place, uh quarantined like the rest of us. His eyes had begun to grow bleary. He could not see. Uh, And note on line two, alter, uh, the fact that Eli's blindness not only reflects his decrepitude, but his incapacity for vision in the sense of the previous verse. He is immersed in permanent darkness while the lad Samuel has God's lamp burning by his bedside. And that is the kind of extraordinary poetry uh, that this book is chock full of. And uh, I just hope to, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So, uh The Bible is more fun than people give it credit for. So, Eli couldn't see. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying in the temple of the Lord in which was the ark of God for the time being. And God called to Samuel, and he said, Hineni, here I am, is uh, the Hebrew. And he ran to Eli, the he here being... uh, Uh, Samuel, and he ran to Eli, and he said, Here I am, Hineni, for you called me. And he said, I didn't call. Go back, lie down. And Samuel went and lay down. And the Lord called once again, Samuel, and were Shmuel, Shmuel. And Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I didn't call you, my son. 
Go back, lie down. Leave me the fuck alone. I'm trying to sleep. And Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Although, speaking of revealing words, uh, we'll go to Alter's commentary on line six and nine, but uh, I want to pick apart first just the bit that the name Samuel literally means God has heard, uh, and in the structure of biblical names, El is a name of God. So names like Rachel, Daniel, all mean some version of the thing of God. So, uh, and the Lord called still again to Samuel a third time. And he rose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. And Eli understood the Lord was calling to the lad. And Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. And should someone call to you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And uh, now for uh, some of those notes. So uh, as to the cry, Samuel, in an intensifying pattern, as the folktale structure of three repetitions with a final reversal unfolds, uh, God's address is now represented more immediately in dialogue instead indirectly as in verse four. The third time God will say, Samuel, Samuel, and that's the next bit we're coming back to. Uh, and I did not call my son. Until this point, we have been told nothing about Eli's relationship with Samuel. The introduction of this single term of affection, my son, reveals the fondness of the blind and doomed Eli for his young assistant. His own biological sons have, of course, utterly betrayed his trust. And uh, the thing that Samuel, that Eli says, uh, he says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And the note is, this is virtually a formula of deferential response to superior authority. When Samuel repeats these words in verse 10, he omits Lord, perhaps, as Shimon bar Ephrat has suggested, in diffidence about addressing God. And that right there might be the most concise statement of Samuel's relationship with God, which is one of suspicion and uh, often combative, which is just so much fun and probably uh, another reason why this book is not more widely taught or encouraged uh, so, uh, and Samuel went and lay down in his place and the Lord came and stood poised and called as to, as on each time before Samuel, Samuel. And, uh, Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. And that right there is the airplane bit because, uh, Samuel, Shemuel, 
uh, means God is heard. So when in the original, God calls, if you're reading it in Hebrew, uh, he's saying Shemuel, Shemuel, uh, which is to say, God has heard, God has heard. And Samuel says back, Shema, uh, that I am listening, I hear. Uh, so it's uh, <laughs> actually one of the closest approximations of this in something modern would be from the movie Airplane with, uh, uh, you know, what's our clearance, Clarence? Uh, what's our vector, Victor? Uh, Roger, Roger. It's exactly what this uh, this little dialogue is. And uh, so there's this there's this marvelous uh, uh, dry comedy sometimes, and some of the stuff that you would miss entirely without a commentator like Alter uh, or a podcast uh if you are into this um so the lord says i am about to do such a thing in israel that whoever hears of it both his ears will ring on that day i will fulfill against eli all that i have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end which is about the curse uh, upon the house of Eli. Uh, and I have told him that I was passing judgment on his house for all time because of the sin of uh, which he knew, for his sons had been scorning God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I have sworn against the house of Eli that the sin of the house of Eli will not be atoned by sacrifice and offering for all time. And Samuel lay until morning, and he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. And Eli came to Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, Hineni, here I am. And he said, what is the thing he spoke to you? Pray do not conceal it from me. Thus and more may God do to you if you conceal from me any of the things he spoke to you. And Samuel told him all the things, and he did not conceal from him. And he said, the he here being Eli, he is the Lord. What is good in his eyes, let him do. And Samuel grew up, and the Lord was with him, and he let not fall to the ground any of his words. Ah, I like that phrase. That's... Uh, another of the great, um, and note on line 19, uh, the antecedent of, uh, his is ambiguous, but since the point of the narrative report is to confirm Samuel's prophetic authority, the more likely reading is that God did not allow any of Samuel's words to go awry but fulfilled all of his prophet's predictions. It's very nice. Uh, and all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was stalwart as a prophet to the Lord. 
And the Lord continued to appear in Shiloh. For the Lord was revealed to Samuel in Shiloh through the word of the Lord, and Samuel's word was upon all Israel. And that is chapter 3. Uh, there are a few more notes I want to go back for. Uh, and to just mention with the curse on the house of Eli, it's because his sons are a couple of greedy, inconsiderate pigs, and they're probably giving everybody a virus, as a matter of fact, because uh, they're going in to where the Lord's sacrifice is uh, and sticking their forks in all the pots and bowls and pans and jars and everything of Israel. Uh, very rude, very handsy is another implication of part of that passage. Uh, you know, God doesn't like uh, people being rude, I guess. So takeaway there. Um, I have marked up in my book. Interesting, but a long one to get into. Uh, uh, and when it is talking about the Lord's sacrifice, uh, it's basically a barbecue. They're talking about the uh, sacrificial meat that was being prepared in uh, the temple, which, uh, you know... When you understand that sacrifice in some contexts of the Bible uh, uh, also means, you know, cooking something for the tribe, for the town, whatever, uh, that brings an entirely new light to uh, the scene. So uh, there's a heads up. Um, 11 to 13, it is noteworthy that God's first message to Samuel is a prophecy of doom. Its content not only indicates the overthrow of the priestly authority of the house of Eli uh, and the implicit move to a different sort of authority to be embodied by the prophet Samuel, but it also adumbrates, A-D-U-M-B-R-A-T-E-S, the rather dour and dire role Samuel will play as leader in relation to both Israel and to Saul. And this is one of the things that makes this book feel especially uh, relevant right now, that uh, Saul is a bad leader. Uh, the whole point of the, the parable, really, of Saul is the fact that he is not fit as a uh, leader, and the contrast with David uh, is incredibly clear. Uh, but so... We're not quite there yet, but there are qualities of a shitty leader that 
you get from Saul that are literally timeless. So we'll get to that. Um, Samuel lay until morning. Doesn't imply that he fell asleep. Uh, And this... Oh, yeah, this is very nicely observed Uh, uh, for line 15 when it says he opened the door of the house of the Lord. uh, He resumes his usual business as faithful temple ministrant, almost as though he wants to uh, shrug off the divine revelation that implied a more portentous role. for him than that of priestly acolyte. And this is something I could get into another time uh, for uh, from Maimonides or Rambam in the second book of the Guide for the Perplexed. There's a very interesting breakdown on the nature of visions and uh, communications from the divine to humanity. Uh, But the note here is pointing out the divine message is called a vision, though it was conveyed through words rather than images. And that is really the connection which bears uh, elaborating upon. Uh, The term here used here, mare, is different from hazon, the word that occurs in verse one. Though both refer to sight, the faculty Eli lacks. And it's the word abjuration, which is great. If any of you want to pick up the book, you can see how it's used. Uh, From Dan to Beersheba, this is important. Uh, If you get out a map and want to see where this is taking place, if you're not familiar with the territories of biblical Israel and Judah, the Dan to Beersheba, that is from the far north near Phoenician territory. Oh, hang on. Son of a... Okay. Uh, from near Phoenician territory to the Negeb in the south. Uh, that one I get to... Emphatic indication. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, that's good. And it's 23 minutes. I don't want to rush on some of these chapters. I'll do, you know, let it run how long it is going to go, but it's fun to 
have done this in under a half hour, especially because podcast length is usually expected to be longer and it is neat to have something that, you know, might not feel uh, as much of an obligation for people who are just like, oh man, I'd like to listen to this podcast, but I got to get going. I have to, uh, you know, catch the train, go to work. Oh boy. Yep. <laughs> Enjoy your quarantine, guys. This is, uh, doing this is doing some good for me and I hope it's can do something for other folks, but, uh, stay safe, stay sane. Uh, is, uh, means be well. So please be well, everybody. <laughs>